Welcome into Jets Nation Radio, episode six, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Angus Hout, and to my podcast left, well, I got no one because my partner in crime, Noah Fuchs, he's gone off to do bigger and better things out in Portage La Prairie, so he's off doing his thing, and uh, we'll occasionally have him on as a guest, but for right now, it's just me, so we're going to have as much fun as we can, and... Uh, Hopefully find a new podcast partner. And if you know someone that happens to have some free time on Mondays or Tuesdays, well, send them my way. Maybe it's just you and you want to participate in a Jets podcast, talk about some hockey and other things. Uh, you can feel free to slide into my DMs, Angus Hout on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can slide into the Jets Nation Instagram DMs and I'll answer your questions there. Or uh, see if you were able to be a part of the podcast crew. Um, and for myself, I'm sorry that I've been away for a couple of weeks. I've just been mentally strained. I'm, I've always uh, just experienced some burnout, so I needed some time to just get myself back on track. And we hopped back on track and should be good to go until the end of the season. So that's going to be lots of fun. And I am excited about these Winnipeg Jets and what's happening around the NHL. And in the NHL, there is a bright, bright spotlight on this league. And is it a good thing? Not so much. Uh, between Evander Kane being a punk ass uh, and faking his vaccination status and this and that, uh, he's out for the next, I believe, 26 games or 22 games, 20 some odd games and losing out on paychecks. That guy needs paychecks because if we all remember, he filed for bankruptcy. So yeah, Evander Kane you're no longer the spotlight hero or the, the spotlight villain of the NHL. It's moved on to the Winnipeg Jets. Or not Winnipeg Jets. They're not the bad guys. They're never the bad guys. They're the most neutral people in all of the NHL. Uh, no, it's the Chicago Blackhawks. If you've been living under a rock or on Mars and you don't know what's been happening with the Jet, uh, with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Ooh, that's a second slip up on this one. Um, more or less uh, a player by the name of Kyle Beach came out and accused a member of the staffing crew of sexual assault. And it's, yeah, pretty, it's pretty much true to this point. I, I don't fully understand the legal side of it. I don't know if it's alleged or not. I think it's legit, legit now. So yeah, it, it's a pretty ugly thing for the NHL as a whole, the Blackhawks organization as a whole, and two staples of the NHL have been forced out. Uh, Joel Quinville out. That's that's a heartbreaker. I've always liked Joel Quinville uh, turning two really bad teams around like the Florida Panthers hot this year and now they lost their coach which is just it's it sucks for him. Um, I'm, I don't think he'll be back and this might might be a reason why uh, Joel never gets into the Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm going to double check that he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but um, yeah, he's pretty much done his hockey career. And then you look at Stan Bowman and his is done now too. Um, just because like that was some malpractice and now, yeah, just looking at... Uh, Quinville will not, probably won't ever make the Hockey Hall of Fame. doesn't matter that he won two Stanley Cups. It's it's over for him. Uh, that's an ugly scandal for, yeah, both Bowman and Quinville. Uh, tying this back to the Jets, though, 
Kevin Dayoff was also a part of the Chicago Blackhawks, and some people here in Winif- or in Manitoba are calling for Dayoff's head. Uh, they think he should be fired. I'm in the camp of, I don't think so. I I know it's a terrible thing, and initially I was like, yeah, you got you gotta get rid of that that ugly ass beast. And now I'm thinking about it, and I found out over the weekend. I don't know if this is true or not. I just found it on Twitter, and I don't remember who put it out, but it was said that Dayoff told uh, Gary Bettman that he was a part of those meetings. So because of that, I think that's what saved Dayoff's job uh, was the fact that he kind of ratted on, rattled, ratted on himself. And, you know, because he was the lowest on the totem pole there, what could he really do? I mean, you're just the guy who's looking at the payroll on a billion-dollar organization. I believe the Blackhawks were close to a billion dollars, even if they were multi-millionaire uh, millionaire company. Like, that's a lot of money to be moving, and you're handling the payroll, and now you're being told about this sexual assault. Yeah, Shovel Dayoff should have gone to the cops and done the proper thing, but he's, again, the lowest guy on the totem pole. What can you really do? So, yeah, it's uh, Shovel Dayoff is stuck between a hard place and a rock. And to be pro- perfectly honest, I don't think he deserves to get fired for what he for what he did within that awful, awful situation. So, yeah, that's that's all I can really say. Shovel Dayoff, not great, but what could he really do? Uh, I mean, like, I've never been a part of an organization worth that much money. I couldn't imagine being at the lowest part of the totem pole and then having something like that be told to me. And like, well, what do I do? And like, as a human, like, what would you do? I know the right thing is, yeah, I'd go tell the cops. I wish I could tell, say that confidently, but wanting to get a full-time GM position, ugh. yeah, that'd be tough. That'd be tough for me. That'd be tough for everyone involved. So mm, I feel for you, Shovel Day Off. I, I don't love what you didn't do or what you did do, but way she goes sometimes. And I guess we got to accept that. Um, but with the, the Blackhawks fans are the guys I really feel for in this situation. Not only do their team, does their team suck hard this year. I believe they only have two points and both of them were overtime losses uh, this season. They are awful uh came out that marion hosa night uh in chicago will be canceled because of everything that's happening with the blackhawks certain people are in arms about the blackhawks logo and the team name and again i i might be on the wrong here but that's a beautiful logo i don't think there's anything cheap about the blackhawks logo i just i love it uh, and I, i've been traveling around new zealand australia before and i've worn hockey jerseys and people be like oh yeah hockey and they're like yeah yeah what's your favorite team and they're like they won't tell me a favorite team they're just like i've had two people on different occasions tell me i like that blackhawks logo it's beautiful and it is so i don't think the blackhawks logo should ever go so you gotta deal with fools like that as a blackhawks fan you don't get to enjoy marion host night because there's a bad taste in your mouth and this blackhawks are hot fire right now not even the good kind of hot fire they're a tire fire they're brutal nothing but smoke and pollution and honestly they could go 0 for 82 on the season i could care less just because of how that whole situation was handled uh the only person i'll actually feel bad for 
in that situation is Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> He's just having a just a rough couple of years in the NHL. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about that Blackhawk situation. If more details come up and they're actually relevant to the Jets, maybe I'll talk about it. But really, I don't think I need to. I think TSN Sportsnet are doing a fine enough job dealing with that. Um, but looking at the standings for the Jets this season, uh, they're about 10% of the way through the season and they are currently second in the central division. That's awesome. Uh, they're tied up with the wild for second points wise. Uh, the wild have one, one more win where the Jets have two more overtime losses uh, but the reason the Jets are in second, according to Google, I didn't look on the NHL's app, which was my fault, but uh, the Jets are technically ahead because of goals four, and that's just the hockey math of it. So go Jets, keep up the good work. And honestly, do I think the, do I think the Jets will finish higher or lower than second or right at second? I think they're going to fall a little bit, actually. Um, just with Paul Maurice's defensive structuring, I'm starting to see some cracks, and I think Connor Hellbuck is starting to fade. The guy has been phenomenal, and he is still an amazing goalie, but he went from elite to slightly above average over the offseason. I don't know what happened, and it might be that teams have figured out Shovel Day, or um, Paul Maurice's defensive structure, or maybe teams have just woken up and found ways to get through it, or maybe Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon aren't the guys the Jets need on the back end. I don't know what's going on back there, but I don't know if the Jets make like the top three playoff spots. It's just, it's going to be a rough time for them and they're going to have to figure something out. And I, I think the change needs to come from the head coach. Either he needs to find a new defensive structure because that's, that's the thing that's slowing down the Jets. And if they can figure that defensive structure out, I think they're gold. Like, it's so frustrating trying to watch the Jets make these outlet passes that don't go anywhere. Or if they get into the other team's defend, er, off, get into the other team's zone, it's them waiting around for these perfect passes. And that's only going to work so long. And then it's just going to be not enough for the Jets. So, yeah, I think there needs to be a new figurehead put into the Jets organization just because like I, I don't know we're getting to a point where it's it's getting rough to watch the Jets uh day in day out I love the Jets don't get me wrong I still think they're going to be in a playoff spot come May but they might be pushing for one of the last playoff spots which is never a spot you want to be in so yeah um but I think it comes down to better defense and that should straighten some things out with uh, Connor Hellebuck. And it's not even the defensive players that are bad. I think the Jets have quality playoff or uh, quality defenders, but they don't have a quality system in place. And it, it's killing the Jets. But let's look at some of those positives. Again, Jets second place in the division after 10% of the season. That's amazing. And Kyle Connor, KFC, a guy who played in the minors for his first couple of seasons. He's tied for second in, or he's not tied for second. He, yeah, yeah. He's tied for second in goals for this season. And he is 
third overall in goal scored. You know who he is right behind? This guy by the name of Alexander Ovechkin, who's probably going to break the record of goal scored in an NHL career. And this punk-ass kid from Edmonton, Connor McDavid? Yeah, Kyle Connor, one of the best. And, uh, do I think Kyle Connor is going to be a 50-goal scorer? Because that's kind of what he's on pace for right now. No, I don't. I would gamble that he will hit 50 goals. I know that's weird to say, but uh, the logical sports person to me is like, nah, he's going to end up with like 43, 42 goals. The D-Jank gambler in me, he's like, nah, I want to see Connor put up 50, 50 goals. And I'd put money on that. Uh, before the season started, I put 10 bucks on. Uh, I, I wagered $10 for Kyle Connor to score 40 goals. Whew. We're getting there. And we're not even 10% of the way through the season. But hot and cold, cold streaks come and go. And uh, right now, Kyle Connor is hot. He's a hot tamale. And uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Oh, just so good. I'm so happy to see Pierre-Luc Dubois back in his form. So, yeah, uh, but if you want to know who Kyle Connor is tied for in goals for, uh, he's tied with Chris Kreider as well. Uh, Chris Kreider, Anze Kopitar, Andrew Man- Mangiapane, McDavid, and Elias Lindholm. Uh, and those are tied for in goals. Uh, they all have seven right now at the time of recording this. I don't know if anything's changed. So, it's just a great day. Um, moving on, uh, I just, I had, was listening to a podcast earlier today and the guy had mentioned, uh, that the oldest fans of the four major sports leagues here in North America were baseball fans and the youngest were hockey fans. The average age of a hockey fan in 2016, that's where he got a stat from, was 49. So, you know, we're 2021. Let's do some basic math. We'll add an extra two years. The average age of a hockey fan is 51 years old. How is the NHL going to fix that age and bring that down? Because in just... Well, in 2000, the average age of a hockey fan was 33 years old. So it's jumped up 16 years in the last 21 years. It's not a good look. And I know professional sports is starting to dwindle with younger fans. And I think it's the cost. I think that's what really drives younger people away. You know, I would go to more games if I could, but I can't because hockey tickets are stupid expensive. Like, yeah, I'd love to go to a moose game, but who wants, like, I don't know. When drinks are as expensive as they are, I know Winnipeg has one of the cheaper arenas too. So it just sucks because I want to enjoy some hockey, but who can afford to go out there at our age? And like I'm 25 years old. I'm in radio, so I'm not making the best money in the world. But those who do make good money, they're usually gone. And why would you want to blow big money at a sporting event when you can just hang out with your friends? Because if you're working away and making good money, either your buddies are also working away and making good money, and then you never get to see them, or B, your friends are at home and making less than awesome money. Maybe that's just my friends, and I'm just an odd one out, but yeah, the NHL needs to look at ways to bring in younger fans and not having these e-tournaments. I don't think that's going to be the selling point. I think if you want to have 
younger and more vibrant fans, you got to be as cheap as possible for some of these guys, especially here in Canada. Like down in the States, they got to figure out how to get butts into seats, especially Arizona, who's really going to be Houston in probably two seasons. I'm calling it two seasons from now. Houston has a team. But you should be getting butts into Florida seats. That's the best team in hockey right now. You should be able to get butts in seats in California. And, you know, just all these other teams that are just like, yay, we got money, we got fans. But it's just like, I don't know. Canadian fans should be treated to good hockey and not have to sell a kidney in order to watch a game. And again, I could be just the lone wolf on this, but if the NHL wants younger fans... You got to do something for those who are between the ages of 12 and 30, because those are the fans that you really want, because those are the ones that are going to have kids. Those are the ones that will make future generations really want to watch hockey. Just a bit of a hot take, but yeah, you got to lower the age of fans there, NHL and other big sports uh, leagues, but the NHL, that's what I'm going to focus on the most. And uh, the big question of the week... um, is are the Jets a good team or are the other teams in the Central Division just that bad? So if you look at the Central Division, like I said, the Jets are second. But are they that good? And I kind of answered this a little bit earlier with they're in second, but do they deserve it? And realistically, no. I think there's been two games where I thought, yeah, the Jets should have won that game. The rest, I'm like, yeah, it could have gone either way. And there's others where it's just like, yeah, you deserve to lose. Like like Saturday night, the Jets definitely deserved to lose. They didn't deserve that extra point. But yeah, just like that third period, that's where they tried to beat James Reimer, but that was it. And it's just frustrating that, you know, Paul Maurice just keeps getting lucky, it, it feels like. You know, Connor Hellebuck, great goaltender. Kyle Connor being great. Doesn't need Mark Shifley there. Blake Wheeler slowed down, so whatever. But Paul Stassi, or not Paul Stassi, Paul Maurice keeps getting these playoff teams even though he doesn't deserve it. And it's just so frustrating because the Jets on paper are top quality. What the Jets are producing on ice is pretty meh. And because the Central Division has two teams that are donkeys, like the Arizona Coyotes and the (laughs) Chicago Blackhawks have... I believe four points between all of them. Like four points is a pretty big joke between two teams that have, I lied, three points between the two of them in 18 games. Three points in 18 games, that's a joke. And then the rest of the Central Division, so there's basically six teams legitimately competing for playoff spots here. And even if you throw in the Pacific, so there's eight potential teams that can make it. And... I'm going to say probably five of them are not competing. So there's three teams that won't make the playoffs. I think the Jets will make that playoffs team. Um, But the Central Division, it's pretty trash. I thought the Pacific Division was going to be the most trash this season, but nope, we're very wrong. It's the, it's a Central. Uh, If you get rid of the Blackhawks and the Coyotes, yeah, it's a pretty competitive group of teams, but I don't know. I'm just not, I don't know if it's just, my bias towards Paul Maurice that sucks, or if it's the Jets as a whole that suck. Um, or they don't suck. They're 
They're an above average team that's playing below average right now, and they're getting lucky. We'll call it that. So, yeah, Jets make playoffs, but I don't like the fact that they're going to make the playoffs because that just means more Paul Maurice. And at this point, I don't like his coaching style. I think it's weak, it's outdated, and he needs to carry on to somewhere else that's not here. Here, Florida's looking for a new head coach. <laughs> um, moving on, uh, we're going to look at the three games the Jets will be playing this upcoming week. They're all going to be at home. Uh, all the next the next seven games are going to be at home for the Jets. Uh, this week, they're going to be taking on... Tomorrow is the Stars. Friday night will be the Blackhawks. And Sunday or Saturday, sorry, will be the Islanders. I think the Jets pull... Go two zero and one on this. Uh, I think they will take their overtime loss to the Stars tomorrow night. They're gonna definitely beat the Blackhawks and the Islanders. It's gonna be a close one, but the Jets pull off the W at the end of the night. So that's an extra five points. Five points. Well, I give them fifteen on the season, and yeah, I, I, I'll take that. I'll. You know, if the Jets can be sitting second, third by the end of the week, I'm pretty darn happy about that. Uh, moving on to hot and cold performers of the week. As you know, I choose one hot performer of the week, whether it's hockey or the outside world. I just give you my hot performer. Uh, the hot performer this week is Kyle Beach. Uh, we all know why. He's incredibly brave for what he did and stood up for himself and lots of other victims out there. So Kyle Beach... You're a hero, and you legitimately deserve that term. That's not something I think... That's not a term that I want to throw around a lot. So, yeah, Kyle Beach, thank you for what you did, and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that, but you are my hot performer of the week. And my cold performer of the week, uh, that is my new neighbors. They had their Christmas decorations up before 11.30 last night. Last night was Halloween, obviously, so... Yeah, my neighbors, you are my cold performer of the week. Keep that Christmas decorations down until after November 11th. I know I'm old school, but come on, guys. So yeah, that's it for Jets Nation Radio, episode 6. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will be back next Monday and every Monday moving forward. Peace and grace, and I'll be back again.